0: your host for the best of investing, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome. You're listening to the best of investing. I'm your host, Edward Brown, along with my co-host, Mark Honf and Nam Phan of Pacific Private Money. Our phone number is 888-912-1190. Use that number to answer the trivia questions for a five-pack tanning certificate. Give it away during this show. The certificate's not sponsored by the radio station, but by Tan Bella Tanning Salon with two locations in San Francisco and one in Marin. Check them out. And today's trivia theme is, because you guys just love going back to school is U.S. history. Yeah. Ugh,
2: yeah, I'm gonna fail that one. Nah, you will do fine. All right, Mark, what are we gonna talk about today? <laughs> well, today a couple things happened this week. Number one, mortgage rates hit historic lows and yet everyone's wondering how the coronavirus is going to impact all of this mortgage rates, business, real estate. So we're going to talk a little bit about the coronavirus today in addition to um, mortgage rates falling. And I'm going to start by reading you three headlines from this week's news. Uh, Number one, 30-year mortgage rates tumbled to a record low of 3.29. Wow. I know. Isn't that amazing? And then the second one, mortgage rates hit record low, but coronavirus may deter buyers. So we'll talk a little bit about that later on. And then the last headline, mortgage rates are low, but they're not falling as fast as the 10-year and that's interesting too because the 10 year is at no, at 0.9 now it's it's also at a historic low it's less than 1% and yet if you would look at the, the, the average spread between the 10-year historically in mortgage rates, mortgage rates should be in the twos right now, but they're not. So we're going to talk about why that is. So let's start by just uh, talking a little bit about uh, the tumble in mortgage rates. Rates for 30-year U.S. mortgages tumbled to the lowest on record as fears of a blow to the economy from the coronavirus sent investors rushing to the safety of treasuries. So as more and more people are buying treasuries, the yields have gone down. So, uh, plunging borrowing costs have set the stage for a spring housing boom, maybe, and are giving homeowners a fresh opportunity to refinance into cheaper loans. Lenders are staffing up. I mean, even our phone's been ringing off the hook all of a sudden. It's like, you know, because we do these transitional bridge loans. So, here at Pacific Private Money, you know, we're uh, we're seeing the phone ringing a lot. Quicken Loans, the nation's largest mortgage lender, said Monday was the busiest day. Last Monday was the busiest day for mortgage applications in the company's 35-year history. Can you believe that? So, everybody and their mothers out there looking to refinance. So what does this mean for rates? Mortgage rates will probably fall more and then hit a floor, according to one expert. But he says he doesn't think it's going to go below 3%, or if it does, maybe in the high twos. And the reason for that, and we'll get into even more reasons later, but you know, one of the, one of the uh, most obvious reasons is that banks already have a surge in demand, and they don't need to attract new customers. Ah, so at three and a quarter-ish, you know, they're doing just fine. They don't need to go down to, to, below that. So, we'll, But we'll see what happens there. Well,
1: wouldn't uh, competition right. potentially drive it down further?
2: Well, it could. So uh, although um, this expert says that the high twos is probably as low as mortgage rates can drop. That's because of all the participants in the transaction who need to be paid from the servicer to the originator. Those fixed costs can account for anywhere from one and a half to two percent of any average mortgage. Wow. So that's referred to as, Nam, we've talked about this, rent seekers, right? That's right. a term rent you and seekers. I have used that because uh, yeah. we're trying to figure out how to uh, sell our mortgages for uh, at Pacific Private Money, sell them for lower rates. And the problem is, is there's a lot of rent seekers in between. And, the, and if, if you've never heard that term before, those. Those are basically the the, the middlemen middle yeah. who take a piece of the profits. And so, in mortgages, when you sell mortgages, there's a servicer, there's an originator, there's a, a number of people involved. There's the people that introduce the people to each other, the, yeah. the brokers. So they got to get paid. So those are all referred to as rent seekers, and that's a fixed cost around uh, between one and a half and two percent. And so there really isn't a whole lot more room for it to drop. Yeah. So uh, how can
1: how can foreign Companies or for you know for banks in foreign countries, some of the interest rates are
2: close to zero
3: right or negative even yeah. right?
2: well then in that case those the, they they're rent seekers they've they've figured out a way around that, but I guess yeah. in the u s market uh, I think uh, there's going to be a pushback there so what does that mean though for um, for home sales? the challenge as we 've been talking on this show and other shows you know for a while now in California's um, home buyers will have to contend with increasingly scarce inventories. So while mortgage rates uh, dropping might allow you to be able to afford more. It's going to be hard to buy what's not for sale. Right. Yeah. right. So, yeah. so uh, we're going to have a lot of bidding wars. And uh, again, uh, that's uh, uh, one of the predictions is a return to uh, bidding wars in the Bay Area. Uh, upward pressure on prices as a result. So, you know, there's really no free lunch. Mortgage rates drop. You know, more people go house hunting. Um, sellers now all of a sudden uh, are seeing more offers and yep. they're going to hold out for the better offer. You know, Those guys who are coming in with uh, easy, low contingent. Offers using transitional bridge loan products from companies like ours at pacific private money so <laughs> in,
3: in the next segment i 'll talk about a conference I went to earlier this week where you know we talked about this and, and it was a real estate uh, conference of Real estate agents throughout the western states, and it was really interesting to hear what's going on in the
2: marketplaces. That's town. right, Nam. You were brave. You you flew on an airplane to Las Vegas this week. Yeah, and sh- sh- were you shaking hands or doing fist bumps? Uh, fist bumps. Uh, actually, elbow bumps because <laughs> yeah. you, you
3: got their jacket on, so there's no uh, germ exchange. But I'll tell you, <laughs> it was a, it was scary. I went to the airport, or and it was no park. It, Parking lots were empty, empty. Wow. there. Wow. The flight itself was, wasn't was full, and, but the casino where the conference was at was like 25% occupied. It was so dead. Wow. The taxi cab driver who took me to uh, to the uh, hotel said, taxi cabs are waiting like an hour to an hour and 15 minutes at the hotel for for a guest when usually it's like five minutes max and when we got to the airport it was the whole parking lot was just nothing but taxi cabs waiting for people wow. it's usually never that we well,
1: gotta figure the airlines are gonna drop their prices to get people on a plane yeah well right. you, you hope you, you hope, we'll yeah. see yeah. all right we're gonna get to our first commercial break here we're talking u.s history who was the first president to live in the white house Oh. Call eight 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 nine one two eleven ninety. The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. And I want to make a mention here for the Tahoe Lakeshore Lodge and Spa, providing guests with an all lakefront hotel in South Lake Tahoe. Every lodge room and condominium has a view of the lake. Guests can relax or play on an over five hundred feet of private beach. Call eight eight excuse me call eight hundred four four eight 4577 or go to www.taholakeshorelodge.com. All right, stay with us because you're listening to The Best of Investing. We're going to be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. Now, back to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220
1: KDOW. Welcome back to the best of investing. Again, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff and Namphan of Pacific Private Money. First trivia question was Who was the first president to live in the White House? Taft. You know, I always guess Taft. <laughs> Jefferson? No. Harding. Uh, J- no, John Adams. John- Harding. John, John Adams. John- it was built right after Washington had uh, you know, been Left. president. So, oh. well, yeah, took he It took a while to build
2: the White House, right? They didn't it, have it, it for a while. They didn't have it. That's right. right. And
1: then it burned down, and they had to build it again. They couldn't get financing for it. <laughs> yeah. That's right. They'd, exactly. We didn't exist back yeah. then. <laughs> so now we, we are called the best of investing, and later on we are going to talk about investing and how you're going to teach the audience how they can earn over 7.5%. Pretty darn well secured. But for now, pretty Mark, darn well. I pretty like darn that. well. You like that pretty darn well? Damn well secured. No, we, we don't swear here. So pretty
2: darn well. So, uh, Mark, uh, why don't you continue on with your— Yeah, we were talking mortgage rates because uh, that's really the topic of the week. And uh, you know, uh, here's an article that I, I teased with uh, at the beginning of the show. Mortgage rates are low, but they're not falling as fast as the 10-year. And so at the end of the last segment, segment we said one of the reasons is just simply demand that uh, the banks are going to enjoy a little bit more spread spread between uh, the 10-year the, the um, and, uh, and mortgage rates, uh, because demand is already increasing. And they're already busy, and they're having to hire people now to contend with a rather unexpected uh, new cycle of refinances. And it's funny how many uh, quotes right. I've seen in articles that no one saw this coming. You know, they thought that last summer's refi wave, that was it. Of course, we thought it was it before then, too. We've had a, how many refi booms have we had in the last five years? Yeah. It's just been crazy. But um, mortgage rates are low, but they're not falling as fast as the 10-year um, One of the things, you know, we we always talk about how mortgage rates follow the tenure, but actually that's it's not that it follows or is based on the tenure. It's more that it's based on. Bonds, and what happens is, is when the ten-year moves too quickly or erratically, which is what it's been doing lately, uh, and and rather unexpectedly, mortgage rates just don't—they're not able to 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 track with the ten-year because it's really the bonds that actually dictate mortgages, and of course they don't improve, they don't they don't change their pricing as quickly as the ten-year treasuries. Now that being said, as low as it's moved, you know we did have an all-time low this week and so we're, we're wondering, you know, do you lock now if you're going to refinance or do you wait? Now, of course, mm-hmm. a lot of mortgage brokers you work with, you can lock today and you can have them, you know, depending on how good a client you are of theirs, you can have them reprice it. Uh, maybe for a small fee, you can uh, um, reprice your rate while you're going through it. I mean, uh, chances are, if you're going to refinance, it's going to take you probably 60 to 90 days to close because... Right they are slammed and they can't hire enough. And because of the way employment is right now, you can't just go out and hire, you know, 10 15 20 new processors they're, they're not there everyone's everyone who wants to work is working right now so this is a really uh it's kind of like you know you're hitting your head against the ceiling here so it's going to be interesting to see you know will mortgage rates continue to go down because of the record low of the tenure year uh, or, or are they going to kind of kind of hover around here at uh, in the low threes and so um one last uh, article just just to kind of you know uh, kind of end here with uh, uh, mortgage rate lows is, again, another uh, article about uh, they hit record lows, but the coronavirus may deter buyers. And uh, apparently... In greater Seattle, home to the first major U.S. coronavirus outbreak and one of the country's hottest housing markets, uh, could offer some clues of what's to come. And already um, the last couple of weekends have been uh, very slow, uh, according to uh, anecdotal evidence on um, on open houses. Wow. And so uh, if people don't go out and see houses, that's going to put a damper on demand, says one local realtor. Yep. So very, very interesting. Um, you know, I know at home in my house, uh, you know, my wife is uh, very concerned. Uh, she's questioning whether we should, you know, cancel travel plans. She's, you mm-hmm. know, we're looking at some of the some of the plans we've made just for the upcoming months. It's it's scaly
1: because yeah, yeah, you can't control everyone else that's yeah, the problem
3: even the olympics i think that they, they yeah, in japan they cancel yeah it. but you know i think what's going to happen going back to seattle is you know people are just going to search online more people are going, going to be spending more of their time at home in fact and you know when this show airs we might have a spike in listenership right because nobody's going outside of their house <laughs>
2: <laughs> but we'll be in the billions <laughs>
3: but,
2: but i think you know if or maybe it, at least in the tens <laughs>
3: <laughs> People will search online and they'll probably, you know, refine their search and, yeah. and eliminate more homes versus going to see physically see those. And if they really want to see them, maybe they'll just have a showing outside of an open house. You know, there's always a way to to oh, look at the well, property I'm without curious the as,
1: to, as to how uh, many people die of just the flu in general, compared to or you know a virus compared right. to this specific one.
2: Well, I was I was wondering that myself. You know, I'm thinking, okay, 11 people as of uh, the recording of this show died from the coronavirus in the U.S. in the last couple of weeks. I would bet more than that died being struck by lightning uh, in right. the U.S. Yeah. in the last couple right. of weeks. You know, I mean, it's it, yeah. just such an it's such a small number
3: yeah. the statistic i hear is 2% mortality rate mm-hmm. but if it's if you're under a certain age like 30 or is it's zero and it's affecting mostly the elderly, elderly or the yeah. people or people who are already sick
1: well that that's kind of what the flu does yeah. to and there's an article
3: away. and they said the best example or the best case study is the cruise ship out there where people got it and the mortality rate on that was mostly you know, elderly, elderly yeah. or people who may have had some kind of condition. Well, the one in the and Bay time.
2: Area was one. Yeah. One on a cruise ship of how many hundreds? Maybe yeah, a thousand? A thousand yeah. people. Yeah.
3: So, and, you know, I th- and I also read that um, it's peaked in China, that the, okay. the number of cases is starting wow. to... That would be you know, great. Wait, but can you
1: imagine what the... the Cruise ship. I mean, it's one of with just the travel industry alone is bad. But it, the cruise ship. When you hear that, oh yeah, you got to be stuck at sea for h- how much time? The Princess uh, cruise uh, in San Francisco. They, they haven't been able to dock. Yeah. It's sitting out there. You know, I don't know how many they're just miles floating away. around. Yeah, they're just <laughs> oh, anchored goodness. out there, just waiting for permission.
3: On the next segment, I'll talk another. And you know, we'll continue on the coronavirus and and some um, investments from uh, offshore into the U.S. Yeah,
2: a spike in that. How you can profit.
3: Yeah. <laughs> that's right. All
1: right. All right. Second trivia question. U.S. history. Where was the Declaration of Independence signed? And don't say at the bottom of <laughs> the other page.
3: On the dotted line. Where, By
1: Taft. Where, where, yeah, where in the United States was the Declaration of Independence signed? And again, back then, remember, there was only thirteen colonies, so you can eliminate all the West Coast and Middle and Middle America. All right. Call 888 912 1190 The first caller with the correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate, which is worth over $100. Where was the declaration of independence signed? Stay with us. You're listening to The Best of Investing. We're going to be right back.
0: You're listening to The Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDW. You're listening to The Best of Investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown,
1: welcome back to the best of investing one more time. I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Hoff and Nam Fon of Pacific Private Money. Second trivia question: Where was the Declaration of Independence signed? Philly. That's correct. That's, yeah. Ah. See, there you go. You got, got, one. got one.
3: Yeah. Home of the cheesesteak.
2: <laughs> yes. <laughs> you know, I've, I last time I had one of those, it gave me. I'm just. Harper. I can't do the, yeah, yeah, the a yeah, it, one the, yeah, yeah.
3: There's one in San Francisco that is just. So good, Uh but it's just the worst for you. It tastes
2: good going (laughs) down, but... Yeah. 20 minutes later, you pay for <laughs> it for the next two your, hours. you to get your
3: blood drawn and tested the next <laughs> <day>. <laughs> you'll be on like cholesterol meds <laughs> yeah. for a while.
1: So, All right. Now, I'm you got an article you want to
3: share with yeah, us. Yeah. So this article is uh, also related to the coronavirus. Um, foreign investors are piling into this U.S. real estate play as a corona, coronavirus safe haven.
2: Oh, jeez. Wow. Can't wait to hear this one. Yeah.
3: <laughs> investors are looking for the calm in the cor- coronavirus storm in the U.S. residential real estate and US residential real estate appears to be it, specifically hmm. single family rental homes. I know this company. These investors are not, however, coming to the US to tour the homes. They're buying <laughs> them online. So, Roofstock. Right. Roofstock, which is a big oh, yeah. company, yeah. five year old California based fintech company, lists single family rental homes for sale on its website, hmm. most with tenants already in place. So, it's kind of turnkey. You can buy. Tenant-occupied rental properties. And uh, Gary Beasley says that their traffic from investors in Asia uh, on its site has jumped 500%. Um, <clears throat> wow. Excuse me. Wow He goes on to say, I think it may be people looking to invest capital into what may be perceived as more stable areas that don't have as much uh, of an effect, at least not yet, from mm. the virus. Well,
1: there was a time when foreign investors were coming in and buying up a lot of San Francisco, and then they kind of mm-hmm. tapered off a little bit.
3: Yeah. and this, These properties are spread throughout the United States. Um, California, it's kind of a tough market, especially in the Bay Area, to own rental homes just because it's so expensive. But this is like Arizona, Texas, Georgia, a lot of uh, – and growing. And he goes on to say it's not just buyers from Asia, Roofstock noted a 450% jump in traffic on its site from investors in Germany, Hmm. 250% surge in traffic from Australia, and 100% increase from the United Kingdom. So they're looking for stability. And the U.S. is still, you know, specifically real estate is uh, strong.
2: Well, and you hinted earlier in the last segment about, you know, if people don't go to open houses to look at houses, how are they going to view them? Well, there's already the technology out there and a lot of websites are already springing up. Well, realtor websites will give you virtual tours. So that technology is only going to get more and more important. So maybe one of the results for this selling season that we're going into now is that more and more realtors are going to upgrade, you know, their their software and hardware mm-hmm. to you know to have those 3D you know i mean you could actually send a drone through the house yeah. and take these amazing you know walk through the home not only can you get you know the you know all of the views outside the home uh, but inside the home as well so i would imagine that those companies that specialize in those technologies are you know doing uh, you know some serious marketing right now
3: yeah if i'm a listing agent right now and other listing agents are saying you know what we're going to cancel I'd be – I'd keep that open house but do a virtual tour, like a live uh, tour – of it so that people can follow it on Twitter or whatever, or whatever Snapchat, or whatever uh, app they can use to broadcast?
2: Well, you know what I've noticed is that the local papers, like in, you know, we're, we live in Marin County, so our local paper is the Marin IJ, and usually by this time of year, there'd be a page and a half every uh, Saturday of open homes, and it's still less than a third of a page, so I, I wonder if that corresponds to actual open homes or if it's just because now they're all listing on Zillow and Trulia and other apps because well, uh, it we seems ask, there's more more open homes than than there are actually now advertised in the paper.
1: Well, we should ask a realtor also about brokers opens that usually have broken oh, brokers.
2: Open. Oh, yeah. yeah. How, yes. how are those yeah, being be impacted? Yeah. yeah. Interesting. Interesting. Yeah. Well, technology is going to come uh, save the day. It usually it always does. Yeah. Uh, entrepreneurs uh, always uh, have a way of of. Coming up with solutions to society's problems. Yeah, thank yeah. God for them. It's all right, let's uh, let's move on for a minute here.
1: Uh, Nam, <clears throat> tell us uh, first of all, an event that's coming up in
3: March. Yeah, so uh, this month, at the end of the month, March twenty sixth, where. Taking the roadshow down to the South Bay,
2: the Pacific Private Money Fund roadshow yeah.
3: <laughs> featuring Mark Honf and Edward Brown.
2: Hey, there we are, Huey and Dewey. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
3: We, just, <laughs> we just completed <laughs> yeah. our last one in Santa Rosa, which was uh, which was nice. Yeah, turn it was very
1: it well a turn. In fact, I think we had more people show up than signed up because people were told on the radio they could just sign, they could just come. Like, yeah, drop ins, well, yeah, in, we yeah. love
2: RSVPs, but you can always just drop in. So what we've been doing with these road shows is, um, we we you know we just rent a, a room at a nice hotel. We get a bunch of uh, order a bunch of hors d'oeuvres, uh, and. Edward and I, we talk about what's happening in the economy now, the latest and greatest with the Pacific Private Money Fund, uh, which has been doing really, really well. We just had; it takes about thirty days for the uh, for our fund administrator, who does all our accounting, to come up with the, you know with with you know, every month because we do monthly distributions, which is interesting. Uh, most mortgage pool funds, um, I think, distribute quarterly. If I'm if I'm correct, uh, we've been distributing monthly since uh, we launched the fund back in 2013 and uh, so we just got uh, this past week the results for January and it spiked up it was another uh, on an annualized rate and again it's just a one month distribution but on an annualized rate it was in the mid eights. wow yeah yeah. and it was it spiked up because of the fact that we've um, we've been doing a few things with the fund uh, capital investing in short-term loans and then selling those loans but uh, the the key accounting benefit fit to our fund is that because we share origination fees with the fund when the fund invests in a loan um, it recognizes that income all right away uh, in a very short period of time and so it, uh, even if the the loan rate is only let's say 8 or 9% uh, which a lot of our loans are we can still uh, with that origination fee income that gets recognized right away uh, if we sell a loan within 30 days it uh, gives an added boost and so it was about an 8.5% yield so it'll be interesting to see yeah. how that plays out and that's an an environment where most real estate based mortgage pool funds have have seen their yields drop, drop yeah. considerably over the last two years most of them of the largest california-based mortgage pool funds are paying in the low to mid six percent range and again there's nothing wrong with that uh these are conservative funds it's uh you know, like ours, but they're just, they have a different business model and a lot of them don't share fees and a lot of them don't sell loans. And a lot of them are out there competing with, uh, the low price leaders to get the lowest rates. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, there's a lot to be shared about uh, how we make money in the fund.
1: Yeah. I like, uh, the thing I like about you sharing with the fund is the fact that your interests are aligned with the investor very, very important. Absolutely. When we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about that because Boy, eight in the mid eights percent—that's mm-hmm. fantastic. Yeah, that's All great. right, uh, third trivia question: uh, U.S. history. What was the first cash crop of America? Basically, hmm. we don't like right hmm. now. You might say, "Oh, it's computers or technology right. or something like that." But what was the first cash crop? I don't know why they call it cash crop, but. Uh, What was the first cash crop of America? All right, 888-912-1190. First caller with correct answer is going to win that tanning certificate. Stay with us. The Best of Investing is going to be right back.
0: For more information on today's topic, call Edward Brown directly at 888-912-1190. That's 888-912-1190. The Best of Investing will continue in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. back to the Best of Investing with your host, Edward Brown, on AM 1220
2: KDOW.
1: Welcome back to the Best of Investing. One more time, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark and Nomfana, Pacific Private Money. Third trivia question, what was the first cash crop of America?
2: Was it maize or corn? <laughs> no, that would have been a good guess. Uh, but weed. No. Hemp? Tobacco. Oh, that makes sense. Not the wacky tobacco. Uh, Not the wacky, but the regular tobacco. okay. (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Mark, uh, a little bit more about the fun. Right. So we uh, ended the segment. We started to talk about uh, the monthly fun event that we're putting on in March, and I rudely interrupted Nam and started talking about the fun. I'm hurt. (laughs) So we didn't get a chance to tell you when and where, and we are in just a moment, Um, but I want to back up and say that at Pacific Private Money, uh, we offer uh, ways for our clients to earn above average yields on their savings and IRA funds. And we all know what's happening in the stock market. It goes up a thousand, it goes down a thousand, it goes up a thousand, it goes down. It's just really, it's just a really rough time right now to know what to do. And if you happen to be like a lot of clients that we know who have... Repositioned themselves and sold off some of their stocks because they just can't stomach what's happening uh, in the stock market right now And you're looking for a place to place that those funds Uh, at Pacific. We have been working uh, with Investors for over twelve years, providing returns in the sevens and eights uh, on an annualized basis, secured by real estate. And there's two ways you can invest uh, with us. One is through our uh, through our series of funds. Our primary fund is the Pacific Private Money Fund, and we're just about to launch another one that we'll probably talk about at this event in March, at the end of the month. Um, but the Pacific Private Money Fund is about fifty five million in assets under management. We have a little over two hundred investors, and last year it paid. Uh, uh, It paid income to its investors in the high 7%. I think we ended up at 7.8% for the year distributed. And for those uh, who don't need monthly distributions and would rather be a growth investor, you have that option in our fund. And that... Uh, paid about eight percent was the return to those. So again, the other ways that we work with people is you can invest in individual notes, or that's although that's getting harder and harder to do with companies since uh, we're able to sell many of our uh, loans that our fund doesn't take to um, institutional buyers. But we still uh, offer uh, individual notes, uh, also called trust deeds, uh, to individual investors. So again, for more information, you'll want to go to our website PacificPrivateMoney.com, dot com or give us a call at four one five eight eight three two one five There are qualification requirements for being a fund investor, uh, different qualifications if you want to invest in individual notes. We also have a website where you can look at notes that we have for sale, and that can be found at privatemoneyloans.com. That's different from our company website. Our company website is PacificPrivateMoney.com dot com but our note sales website is private loans dot com so again for more information or if you missed that uh look up our company on on the line and give us a call uh 415-883-2150 for more information and then nom um, uh tell about talk about the uh the, the fund information event that we're going to have at the end of the month
3: yeah so it will be on uh March 26th. What day is that? Thursday. Thursday, okay. In Mountain View at the uh, Hyatt-centric in Mountain View. It's a new Hyatt hotel there. Oh, yeah. Very clean and modern-looking. And uh, you know what? The last event we had, we had so much food. (laughs) We took so much back. So I would encourage our investors... Come for the food and yeah. stay for the good information. <laughs> yeah. But don't come at the end and then just come with, with to-go boxes because there's so much. But there's a lot of good food, and a lot Bring of good information. Go box. <laughs> I used to when I was in college. I used to show up at Winchell's like ten to midnight, and you can get like a dozen donuts for for a buck because they're trying to get rid of everything else. I had a friend
1: who worked at uh, uh, one of the donut shops, and I used to get them for free.
3: You know what? <laughs> My fraternity brother worked at Winchell's like a, a couple years later, and he would bring home a garbage bag to the fr- frat yeah, house yeah. full of donuts, but they were all put together. So you had like a mix of chocolate with sprinkles with filling. All <laughs> it was all one heated bag of donuts, but it was great. All
1: yeah. right, all right. I'm on on back to business because you're getting me hungry for donuts. Um,
3: deal of the week. Yeah, deal of the week. So this is a um, scenario where a contractor came to us. Um, and he found a home that he was moving into in Auburn. So they were leaving uh, Santa Rosa, where they had a current home, and they were looking to purchase a home uh, in Auburn. So they were downsizing. Um, really low loan to value. Their departing residence was uh, about six hundred six hundred thousand. They're buying a home for three hundred and seventy five thousand up in Auburn. So. Uh, we were able to, but their equity again was tied up in their in their Santa Rosa property. So we did, you know, the the bridge loan transitional bridge loan that we talk about, where we're cross collateralizing uh, a couple of properties. So again, the the purchase price on the Auburn home was three hundred seventy five thousand. Our loan was three hundred ninety five thousand. So we lent above.
2: wait, wait a minute. That's more than 100% financing. How can you do that? Yeah, we
3: can do that <laughs> if they have enough equity. throwing softballs out there, I see, Mark.
2: <laughs> so,
3: because they have enough equity in their departing residence or a combination of the two, we can and do uh, lend above 100% of the purchase price. Keep in mind, you know, he's moving from a they are moving from a property that's 600,000 down to 300 and you know, 90 or 75,000, and he's a contractor too. So, he's going to actually do the upgrades. The 20000 above the purchase price that we lent to him, so 395000 he's using to do rehab work.
2: So at Pacific Private Money, we are one of the few private companies out there. In fact, we're, we're one of the few lenders, period, because banks and uh, most alternative lenders do not... Lend on primary residences like we do, number one. And number two, uh, the banks and, and conventional lenders, they don't cross. They won't take two pieces of property as collateral. So, you know, if you want to use the equity in your existing home to buy your next home, you have to get a second from some of these companies, but then you still have to go out and get a, a, a purchase money mortgage on your target property. And then you run into the fact that many of them will say, well, you can't have two conventional loans at the same time. So we provide an option for a homeowner to be able to get around that Dodd-Frank double-edged sword, which makes it so that even if you make good money, you got great credit, you may not make enough money to qualify to have two conventional mortgages at the same time. So the workaround is a transitional bridge loan from Pacific Private Money, where we can lend up to 100%, even more than 100% of the price of your target property, depending on how much equity you have in your existing home. So we bridge the equity in your existing home into uh, providing you a purchase money loan for your target property. So move once, save money. Uh, And, uh, in fact, if you call us uh, and work with us, if you're a realtor, we can show you how our bridge loan can actually be a cheaper alternative than conventional financing.
1: And you actually help the real estate agent make two commissions.
2: Yes, absolutely. Sale of the
1: one property and purchase of the other.
3: Yeah, I was mentioning that I was in Las Vegas earlier this week at a real estate conference. And when we talked about the bridge loan, a lot of them had never heard of that. And so when we said, you know, you're creating inventory in the marketplace and you're solving a problem for these homeowners who don't have the funds to complete the purchase. You probably
1: got a lot of good referrals.
3: It was great. It was really good. A lot from Arizona, though. So maybe that's our next market.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Well, and and you said something that's really key because we were just talking at the beginning of the show about, you know, lack of inventory. And it it doesn't matter how low mortgage rates go if there's no homes to buy. And so the transitional bridge loan, if you're a realtor, can help you find clients who believe that they're stuck in their homes because their bank told them they can't have two mortgages and they have to sell first. And how do they get a hold of you? PacificPrivateMoney.com, PacificPrivateMoney.com, 415-883-2150. All right. When we come back for our break, we, we don't have a trivia question,
1: but when we come back, we're going to talk about the advantages and disadvantages of leverage, especially in the fund. All right. Stay with us. The Best of Investing. will be right back with some closing comments.
0: You're listening to the best of investing with your host, Edward Brown. For more information, visit bestofinvesting.com. That's bestofinvesting.com. More in a moment on AM 1220 KDOW. You're listening to the best of investing on AM 1220 KDOW. Once again, your host, Edward Brown.
1: Welcome back to The Best of Investing. Last time for today, I'm Edward Brown, your host, along with Mark Honf and Nam of Pacific Private Money. We didn't have a trivia question, but I wanted to tell you about an email that came in from a listener that says, What are the advantages and disadvantages of leveraging a fund?
2: Well... When I mentioned earlier that we had um, a distribution on the Pacific Private Money Fund in January that equated to an annualized rate of about 8.5%, um, anyone, any of you out there who've invested in a mortgage fund before, and maybe you know that many mortgage funds right now are paying in the mid to low sixes, uh, you might be thinking, well, you're, you're probably, you guys at Pacific Private Money are probably using leverage to get that boosted yield. Well, that's actually not true. We have zero leverage in the Pacific Private Money Fund. Um, not that it wouldn't necessarily be, you know, a good thing to use a little leverage. We just don't right now. And, you know, we may use a little in the future, but we're able to produce those yields without the use of leverage. Um, but the the pros and cons, you know, the pro is for using leverage is, is that it does boost the yield because leverage typically costs you less like you can get leverage in the five percent range right now and and so then you it boosts the the difference between what you're lending at say in the in the nines uh, versus the cost of capital Um, using leverage at say five percent is a lot less expensive than what we pay our investors, so investor capital costs, you know, 7% on the preferred return, you know, plus the share of the profits, and if we're paying essentially, let's say, 8% to our investors, that's our cost of capital if we're not leveraged. Well, if, if you use leverage, it costs you 5%, but you're
1: lending it out at 9 I mean, that's
2: what a bank does. Right, that's, right. that's exactly right, so it, it boosts the yield. Now, the, the challenge with leverage is that uh, leverage takes precedence, so... Um, the leverage gets paid first and if something does happen in the marketplace uh you do and and maybe the bank calls that loan and if you don't have liquidity in your fund it's just uh, i mean edward you probably know better than i do from because you've you've been actually in this business longer than me uh, a lot of funds got into trouble uh when 2007 when, and 8 hit I, well, uh, that we using leverage
1: i knew the ones that got in trouble back in the late 80s early 90s yeah. because yeah. uh the banks ended up calling that leverage in and it's like well wait a minute we, we don't have the money you we know we're we're out there lending it out or investing in property and they were leveraged only up to about 40 percent so you don't have to necessarily be you know 70 percent leverage to get into trouble
2: well and so so leverage is neither good or bad it's just you need to use it judiciously and so i and when you say 40 to 70 percent i i just like i i Couldn't imagine doing that today. I just think that that would be inappropriate. However, maybe you know twenty percent leverage, twenty five percent leverage. That could be something Something that would be something manageable where you where you know that based on your loan portfolio that you'd be able to um, you know use paydowns or payoffs to be able to uh, pay off that uh, that line of credit. Should something happen and the banks call that, but anyway, great question. Um, But it is important you should always be aware uh, when you invest in a mortgage. Pool fund, are they using leverage and how much? And uh, and then just know that uh, leverage takes precedent. They get paid first before the uh, equity owners in a fund.
1: And for your investor clients, do they have to pay a fee to get
2: in? No. So the Pacific Private Money Fund has no load going in or out. No load means no fee. Now, you do need to keep your money in for at least a year. There's a lockup that's required on all funds of this type. The minimum lockup period is one year, and we have the minimum. So if you keep Keep your money in for at least one year. You put your money in, all of it goes to work, and when you want your money back out of it, you get all of it back. Uh, and it uh, works for you uh, in your sleep. Uh, you never have to take early paybacks. Uh, it has a lot of advantages over individual trustees. And again, for more information, give us a call at Pacific Private Money. We're at 415-883-2150.
1: And similar to a mutual fund, you can reinvest those distributions for a compounded yield. Yes. We love compounding. Okay. Here's our thoughts for the day. Every champion was once a contender that refused to give up. That's true, hmm. if you think about that. Ooh. And one time I was in the gym when I saw a beautiful blonde pass by. I asked the trainer standing next to me what machine I should use to impress her. He looked me up and down and said, I would recommend the ATM in the lobby. <laughs> oh, ouch. Burn. That burn, baby. <laughs> Good thing we got to start hitting the gym here again, right? right. Which, by the way, one just opened up Sonoma Fit, just down the street from our office. Check it out. Yeah, Yeah, it's beautiful equipment. Yep, it's big too eighteen thousand square feet, something like that. Yeah, but I mean, they have equipment there that I had never seen. Yeah. All right, good show, guys. All right, tune in next week to the best of investing. We're going to be giving away more free prizes for answering trivia questions. Thanks for listening. On behalf of our team, I'm Edward Brown. Wishing you the best of Investing. So long.
0: You've been listening to the Best of Investing with Edward Brown. For more information on this program, call 888 912 That's 888-912-1190 or visit bestofinvesting.com. And join us again next week for the Best of Investing on the Bay Area's Business Leader.